it's a great day for some coffee and a chat in the greenhouse. So grab your cup and I'll see you there. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Coffee Chat in the Greenhouse. It's a beautiful day here, and I'm sipping on our new drink called the Baker. It is orange and maple syrup. I do mine with oat milk and espresso, and it's super yummy. So if you haven't tried that one, that's a good one um, to kind of sip on and talk with friends or whatever. We're having this conversation today. And what we're going to be talking about is what is God asking you to do that you don't think that you're ready to do? Like, what is he churning in your life, kind of provoking you a little bit to be like, hey, you need to do this. You need to go here. This needs to be the next step. Like, do you have any thoughts of that in your mind whenever I speak about like a calling, maybe? It may even be like a longing that he's placed in your life and you're just kind of really desiring a certain thing, but you don't think you're equipped to do it or qualified to do it. And for me, that's definitely, I've had that happen to me so many times in my life. I literally have had, I mean, even with like, we just talked about the coffee shop and I can remember with that, especially um, just God poking me and prodding me and just being like, hey, you need to own a coffee shop and me being like, I don't even know how to make a shot of espresso. I don't know how to steam milk. I don't know all of the recipes. I don't know anything about it. And so there's no way I could absolutely do that because people would just think I was a fake or an imposter. But God just continually doing that for like two months and putting that in my heart and in my mind and then driving down through Landis, which is where my coffee shop is, and just kind of poking me and being like, hey, you you need to do this. You need to do this. And um, one of those instances is what comes to mind whenever I think about God putting something on my heart. And as I speak about some other instances of this, I really want you to just kind of put this in perspective of your own life and ask yourself, what is God wanting me to do with my life? Because I really feel like we're in a day and a time when nothing needs to go wasted. Um, not a single moment in our day needs to be spent on anything other than being productive or spreading God's word or um, working towards our life dreams. And I'm all for rest, sort of. If you know me, you know that I don't really rest that much because I very much so live by like, I'm not going to waste this moment in my life and these opportunities. But, um, And I don't mean that as far as no rest, but I just mean like, you know, let's not waste. If God has chosen you for a specific task, um, why waste that moment and spend it on anything other than what he's equipping you to do, right? If he's wanting you to open a business or if he's wanting you to write a book or if he's wanting you to build a house or do a thing or sing a song or speak his word or just whatever comes to mind for your own, if he's wanting you to take a leap, um, and he's the one that's like putting that thought in your mind and on your heart, he's not going to let you down. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to get you to that point of leap and then just let you fall. No, he is not that kind of God. And that is the book that I wrote, The Longing. 
that is what chapter one is all about, is just kind of like the foundation for the whole entire book of, um, I'm not qualified to write a book. And if you've read the book, you might even realize that I don't even write like a normal person does. And even reading the ba book back, I read it, um, I don't even know, probably a hundred times in editing. And as I've written it, as it actually has been printed, I find errors and, you know, things like that just happen. And that honestly tells me, hey, you shouldn't have even wrote this book. If I'm just being honest with you, it's hard for me to read back and think because I even have compared certain things to my manuscript and you know words were there or certain things were there that are not there now and I can't even wrap my head around how that could have possibly happened from a manuscript to actual print but you know what things happen things just do and nothing is perfect and for me, that was a struggle that I have dealt with my entire life is living by perfection. And that probably comes from being a pastor's daughter and just kind of being trained to be under a radar almost. And I think a lot of Christians can relate to that as far as if you tell people that you're a believer of Jesus and a Christ follower, um, people hold you to a different standard. So it's almost like, okay, if you ever mess up, they're like, oh, you're not any different than me. Or if you say, hey, I'm going to do this thing, you are putting yourself under a microscope almost to open up to people to pick up your flaws and tell you that you're not qualified to do that one thing. But God does not tell us that in his word. Um, actually, in reading a lot of the Bible in writing this book, I came to realize how imperfect a lot of the people that God actually used in the Bible really were. And if they were in present day time. A lot of them were murderers and um, they were cheaters and some of them had multiple wives and just a lot of sin, honestly. And in today's time in society, you would definitely look at them and be like, you are the worst Christian example I've ever seen in my entire life. And the more that I read that, the more qualified I realize that I am. And I don't mean that as far as like, wow, I'm way better than that. No, I mean that for you as well. I mean, the more imperfect you are, the more capable you are of doing God's word, work. And I say that not to be like, hey, go sin and go do all these terrible things. I mean that as far as we are flawed and God uses flawed people to carry out and do a great work for him. He used him over and over in the Bible. And we see that and bad things happen to a lot of people in the Bible as well, um, where you would think, oh, they live so such a great righteous life. It must have been so easy. No, it was actually the exact opposite of that. Because back in Jesus's time, anyone who took a stand for him went under great persecution um, for doing so. And so we look at today and the world around us and and just think, oh my gosh, it's the worst it's ever been. But don't you think that people thought the same thing like in the Great Depression or when world wars were breaking out or civil war, or all those things like our elders had went through. I'm sure they thought that was the end times as well. And, and I agree, like we do have a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world right now. And I feel like we all kind of have a decision to like, um, are you going to say yes to the call that God has placed on your heart? Or are you going to say no? And for me, it, whenever I came to that point of God was dealing with me to write a book, um, the answer was yes. And I did not know how I was going to do that. I didn't know how that would look. And 
like I said a minute ago, I have always struggled with like, if it's not perfect, it's not good. And I've dealt with that over and over in my life in different instances of whenever I would be praying for something and asking God to answer it. I felt like if he didn't answer it, that meant I wasn't good enough. And it's just over the years, I realized that's not what God thinks at all. He doesn't see us as, well, I will do this one thing for you if you do this one thing for me. He doesn't do it like that. It's basically on, is it his will for your life? Is that your plan that God has for your life? And when you come to realize that, I think the answers in your in your life and in the waiting just become so much more clear to know that, you know, what is meant to be will be. And when I'm made to have that certain one thing happen, it will. It will happen whenever God is ready for it and then the precise way that he would have it happen. So I remember when the Lord started pressing on my heart that I was going to write a book and I'm just being so like, are you sure? Is this really for me? Because I've always been one to struggle with reading and not like reading in general, as far as like being able to read words. Um, I mean, more or less like focusing on a book. My mind just gets super scattered about what I have going on and I lose my train of thought and I think about all the things going on in my day or what I forgot to do or if I forgot to text someone and all the things I just like my mind gets super scattered so I start reading a book and it's really just like oh once upon a time squirrel you know <laughs> there was a lovely who oh my gosh I forgot to switch the laundry over and then she went down the hill where what was I talking about what was I reading about what was I doing yesterday it's just super scattered and my mind just runs faster than a racehorse honestly and I speak about that in the first chapter of the book and just like it's really hard for me to tame my thoughts when it comes to reading a book straight through. There's only a couple books that I have actually read from cover to cover. So I remember thinking, okay, Lord, you want me to write a book, but I'm so like not even equipped to do this. Like I'm not worthy of this calling. So this will probably happen later in life when I'm like 50 years old, because most people that are 50 year old like to read books. Right. And then with that thought, I feel like, okay, well, I'll put my foot in my mouth because um, when I'm 50, I might not like to read either. And a lot of 50 year olds might not like to read. I don't know. (laughs) So I remember just thinking like, okay, I'm going to do it futuristically. So I feel safe enough to tell my husband. So me and Britton had went for pizza one day and I just had it on my mind and my heart was like thumping. I was like, I need to tell him, but I feel embarrassed. So I just blurted it out and was like, Hey, I need to tell you something. And he's like, okay. And gets this look on his face because he's totally used to me having crazy ideas and just like, hey, this is something we need to do. And typically he's like, okay, well, that will do it. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I need to tell you something. I need to get off my chest. It's going to be crazy. It doesn't even go along with like what my day to day is because at the time I just did hair. And I was like, I feel like the Lord wants me to write a book. And he was like, okay, cool. And I was like, oh my gosh, that feels so much better. I can't believe it. And um, so he's like, okay, well, what's it going to be about? And I was like, oh, I have no idea. I just know that I want to write a book one day and that's what God wants me to do. And I guess by then I'll figure it out. And he was like, okay, sounds great. Totally supportive. So I was like, wow, that feels great. So a couple years passed actually. And I got the name of what the book was going to be. And I kind of started writing a little bit here and there, but I didn't know fully what the book was going to be about. And Lord had pressed on my heart that the book was going to be called The Longing. And I knew that it was going to be like longing for 
motherhood, longing for love, longing for things like the desires of your heart. It was going to be about that, but I didn't know fully what the contents was going to be about. At this point, I had already had my first miscarriage and I think I was pregnant with Beacon at the time. And so I thought, I'm going to tell one of my friends. It had been like three years since I told Brenton. And so I tell a friend and she knows me very well. And I really thought she'd be super supportive, but she just stared at me and was like, um, so you don't even read books. So how are you going to write a book? And I just froze. I was just like, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'll figure it out. You know, I didn't know what to say. All I knew was that God had placed a fire in my heart and I knew that somehow he would, he would make it all happen. He would give me the words to say. And, um, like I said before, I mean, in reading my book, it's not really, um, not really saying that I'm qualified at all to write one and you might have read it and not even like it. I don't know, but I just remember just being so crushed from that. And I didn't work on the book for a long time. And I really had to pray through that because every single time I would go to write, I just heard those words echoing of just worthless. You're not good enough. No good failure. You don't like to read. You don't know how to write. You're not good at spelling. Like That's not my forte is spelling. And autocorrect does amazing things. So anyways, I just kept living by that. And um, I remember when Britton and I had actually went, um, we had just had our second miscarriage and we went away for his birthday and we were just going to disconnect and we got this tent and we were just camping out in the woods and it was like one of those rental tents. So it had like a porta john and stuff with it, but they had no Wi-Fi or anything like that. So while we were there, I was like, okay, well, let's just go to the store and we'll get a book. And I got a book by Don Barton. And that night I sat down to read that book and I literally read the book from cover to cover. And it's a thick book. It's thicker than my book. And I was just like, wow. I mean, I could not put it down, but the beginning words were just that she doesn't like to read. And I was like, wow, I cannot believe this. And so as I read through it and just how like real she was about everything that she had been through, it just opened my heart to like, Hey, this girl is, I just picked up this book in Walmart. And if this lady has this book written and it's in Walmart, I think I can write one that could get somewhere. And so I just said yes to the Lord in reading that book. And I wrote down the actual contents of the table of contents of it. And it broke down all the things that were going to be in. And, you know, they changed a little bit along the way, but pretty much it was the gist of what the book was going to be about. And I remember just telling Brenton, like, Hey, I'm going to do it. I was like, had a fire in my heart, like never before. And it was not going to be broken by anyone else's words or, um, assumptions or observations. I was just totally going to give it to God. And I wanted to spread the gospel. Cause at that point I had already had a blog and had written about our miscarriages and just seen like, how needed it was to have a ministry for that. And I don't know where all God's going to take this book and I don't know where all God's going to take me on this journey, but I'm fully open to all of his possibilities. And in my book, I actually wrote that sometimes God's path directs us a bit differently from our original mapped plan. But upon our arrival, his destination is so much sweeter. And that is just so true. I mean, I have literally mapped out plans. We always have a five-year plan. We live by it. And I have mapped out so many of those. And, you know, some of them go as planned, but it's a lot of 
like bumps and winds in the road along the way. But I promise at the end of that destination, no matter what troubles you've been through, the final destination is so much sweeter than you could have planned. The person that you become along the way is just so much better. Um, so all my life, I've just tried to live like a perfect spotless life. I was trained as a pastor's daughter growing up. And I think that that puts certain pressures on you that other people don't genuinely or generally go through and not saying that everyone doesn't put pressure on their life. But as a pastor's daughter, your father is up there preaching the word of God, right? And he's given the truth to everyone every single Sunday. So in turn, people that are taking that in immediately look to the pastor's children and even towards the pastor of just being like, Hey, are you living by this? And you know, that's not really accurate. It's not really what God's asking. We're all just striving to live the best life that we can. And all the pastor's job is, is to give the word that God has given. And all he has to do is give what the Lord is telling us through the Bible and break it down to where we can understand it. It's kind of like, you know, the Lord gives us a loaf of bread, but the pastor is up there tearing off little pieces to where you can nibble it and not get choked. And in turn, people take those little bites and rather than chewing on them, they kind of throw them back at the pastor sometimes and also the pastor's daughter. And it's super unfortunate whenever you're the child because you feel like there's no room for error and no room for flaw. So no matter how perfect and spotless you live, it's almost like even if you do do well in that people get mad about that as well i remember losing friends even like growing up and stuff and people making comments about why is that girl so happy why does she smile all the time why does she tell us she loves us why does she do this or why does she do that and it i really came to realize that it doesn't matter even if you are perfect you're going to be hated i mean the lord is the only one that matters so sometimes in life you can feel like i've just done so well i've done so good i'm living so good and people still are not going to accept that there's no like happy medium when it comes to being loved by others because ultimately what matters is being pleasing to God and being loved by him right and that's so important to see when you look at your life plan and the things that God is getting you to say yes to because he equips us and he has an ultimate plan for our life and I had wrote never be afraid to do the thing God is equipping you to do and I I want to live by that I refer back to that one quote that I made in this uh, chapter and it's so true because God is literally giving us little little nibbles of bread every single day and helping us grow but it's up to us to take the bite I have a one-year-old and I like this morning I made her eggs and she didn't want the eggs. She threw the eggs in the floor. And then I make her a bacon sandwich, which she typically likes all these things. And she opens it up. She doesn't want the bread. She pulls all the bacon out. She throws that in the floor. She just didn't want any breakfast. But I did my part. I made the food. I made multiple food, actually. She ended up going for a cup of milk. And it's up to God. He's, he's given us what we need. But it's up to us to eat it. It's up to us to take it. So if he's handing you the equipment, he can't make you put the equipment on. If he's asking you to do something, he can't fully make you do it. You know, it's up to you to grab the equipment and do it and say yes to whatever God is calling you to do. And that's what I really want to be taken from uh, the beginning of this uh, book and this episode on this podcast, because it is so important that 
God has placed a calling on every single person's life. I fully believe that. You hear so much these days of, I'm just a waste, and God doesn't have anything for me, or I've ruined my life, or I've messed up, and it's just so not true. I mean, we all have mistakes. I have plenty of mistakes, but I'm not going to sit here and hand you every mistake that I've made, because what, what good does that do? You already, I hope, can relate to me and the person that I am and the realness that, that I share, but we all have mistakes, and you don't have to tell everyone like all the things you've ever done wrong you don't it's up to you to spread the gospel and to grow from it and learn from it because every single day we're gonna fail but if you constantly reflect on your failures you'll never take that step forward to become a new version of yourself right and that's what God wants us to do God is the only spotless one. He is the only one that is capable of being perfect. And once I realized that, I do realize that and write about it later on in the book. But once I realized that, I really feel like I was able to obtain a better potential. I was able to become a better version of myself and just knowing like you can forgive yourself for not being perfect today. If you didn't check off all the things on your list, it's okay. It doesn't make you a bad person. There's always tomorrow, right? And that's what God wants us to know. He just wants us to be willing because when we allow God to take hold of our life and do things that we are meant to do, um, he, our, our options are limitless. They're limitless. And you're, you will obtain happiness if you just give into it. So whatever God is asking you to do today, whatever might be coming to your mind of just like, yes, I feel like I need to open a store. Or it may be just as simple as, yeah, I feel like I need to try out that new recipe because I'm not going to limit the task that God wants you to have. Some people, big things are small things and some things, small things are big things. It's just everyone has their own life and I never want you to discount that. It may be tackling that mound of laundry that's in your floor. Um, just all those things that just keep like, like staring at you, telling you like, you can't do this. Don't give into it. Do the thing. Do the thing and do it with a healthy, happy heart. Because every little thing in God's eyes that we do with a joyful noise to Him, it's it's worthy of praise, right? God is just right there, and He's given us the little nuggets along the way, so pick them up. Your longings will be fulfilled, but they may not be in the order you had planned. Okay, so like whatever you're longing for in your life and whatever God's been equipping you to do, like to pick up the pieces and take the equipment for the journey. Take the hike, do the thing, and work to God and do it with a joyful heart, no matter what it is. I invite you today to just ponder on these things and these scenarios that I've given you and know that no one is better than anyone else, okay? We are all human, we all have flaws, but we're all capable of doing amazing things if you just put your mind to it and say yes to the Lord. So. Let's think about that as we go forward. I love you guys. and Thank you so much for um, listening today. And I will see you next time in the greenhouse.